grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Now that Christmas is over, we can forget about all the hoopla and gifts and lights and busyness for another 11 months, right? We can take our Christmas trees down, put them away or throw them out, and give thanks to God that this crazy time and this busyness is all over for another year, right? Well, not exactly, because Christmas is not yet over. It might be done with some of the things that keep us busy, but the Christmas season has actually just begun. Even though the song, The Twelve Days of Christmas, is unrealistic, it does teach us something, and that there really are 12 days of Christmas in that Christmas season. So yesterday was the first day of Christmas. That makes today the second day of Christmas. So if you did not get your Christmas cards done, you are not too late. After all, you still have 10 more days of Christmas to work on them and get them in the mail and send them to your loved ones. If we think about it, the Christmas message is not something to shelve away for the next 11 months. While we may be ready to put away the busyness of Christmas time for the next 11 months, we should recognize that the Christmas message is something for us to ponder upon, something for us to dwell on, something for us to meditate upon year-round. So if you want to listen to Christmas music in July, go ahead. Or if you want to leave your nativity set up year-round like I do, go ahead. For Christmas carols and the nativity scene are great ways to remind ourselves of the marvel and the wonder of Christmas. In fact, we sing the Christmas message in July, and we sing it throughout the whole year. Yesterday, for the first time since before Thanksgiving, we sang the song of Christmas. Often, I suspect, we sing it without realizing that we're actually singing a Christmas message. For we sing the birth of Christ when we are singing the song of the angels. And where is that in the liturgy? When are we reminded of Christ's birth? When do we sing that song of the angels? At the beginning of the service, following the introit, the prayer, the psalm, we then pray to the Lord that he would have mercy on us. And then we sing on how God has responded to our pleas for mercy as we sing the song of the angels. We sing glory be to God on high and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. That there is the fulfillment of God's mercy. He had mercy on us by sending his only begotten son into this world to redeem us from our sin. Jesus Christ, the second person of the Holy Trinity, God himself, begotten of his Father before all worlds, humbled himself to be born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. This surely is something for us to marvel over. God becoming a man. And as we conclude the Christmas season, we move into Epiphany where we hear of how Jesus reveals himself to be God. Jesus, the Son of God, the eternal Son of God, 
who has always been one with the Father and the Spirit. Yet, he is the second person of the Trinity, the Father being the first person and the Spirit being the third person. And these three persons are eternal, and yet they are one God. And that is something for us to marvel on, upon, the, the mystery of the Holy Trinity. And then we marvel that Jesus becomes a man, a true human being. The, God the Father does not take on human flesh. God the Holy Spirit does not take on human flesh. Only Jesus does as he is conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. In fact, it is so marvelous that the church has often chosen to bow when we say in the creed that Jesus became man. This also means that Jesus, but this also means that Jesus is the only one who dies on the cross to pay for all of our sin. Because Jesus is the only one who became man, that means the Father did not die, nor did the Holy Spirit die when Jesus died on the cross. Yet, because Jesus is God, we can say that God died on the cross, be, be, and he has, for he has taken away our sins. But we cannot say that God the Father died on the cross, or God the Spirit died on the cross, nor can we say all three persons died. It is only God the Son who died, God. Talking about something to marvel at, something to ponder that who God, what, who, who God is and what he has done for our salvation. Simply amazing. And also consider this about Jesus. He is God. In John chapter 1, it is written that all things were made through him that are made. And then God's divine, in God's divine providence, he continues to, to sustain his entire creation that God keeps all life going, that God orders all things. And this is true of God the Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. And when Jesus becomes man, when Jesus is born in Bethlehem, Jesus is still sustaining, according to his divinity, the entire universe. Yet at the same time, because he is now a man who had emptied himself, as the scriptures describe him, so that he had now humbled himself, he now needs his mother. He needs Mary to clothe him and to feed him and to change him. Talking about an amazing mystery of the Holy Trinity for us to ponder and for us to marvel at. Even the birth of a baby is something to marvel. Consider what God teaches us in Psalm 139. Inspired by the Spirit, King David wrote, For you form my inward parts, you knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, my soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Our eyes saw my un your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there were none of them. And so while David was acknowledging that God formed us in our mother's wombs, 
he says, marvelous are your works. Certainly God's works are marvelous. Certainly this is something for us to ponder on, to marvel at, or to wonder. On 12 occasions, St. Luke records that the people marveled or wondered at the events of our Lord Jesus Christ. Four of those events occur surrounding the birth of Jesus. The first time is when the people marveled because Zechariah was in the temple for such a long time. The angel Gabriel visited Zechariah there in the temple and told him that despite the fact that he is old and his wife is beyond the age of childbearing, they will have a son and that he is to be the forerunner to the Messiah, that John the Baptist will be born to them to prepare the way of the Lord. The second time that Luke reports that the people marveled was when John was born. Zechariah was not allowed to speak during her pregnancy because he doubted the message of the angel when he visited Zechariah at the temple. And so he wrote that the baby's name is to be John. And at this, Zechariah regains his speech and the people marvel, knowing that something very special is happening something very important. Third, the people marveled when they heard the report from the shepherds. Remember, the shepherds were watching their flock by night when suddenly the angel of the Lord appeared to them and announced to them that Jesus is born. And after telling them that those marvelous words unto you that is born this day in the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord, a multitude of the heavenly host appeared, praising God and saying, those words that we sing in the liturgy, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Not only did the angels preach a most marvelous sermon, the most marvelous one we could say to, in the history of humanity, but the shepherds had the wonderful opportunity to see the newborn king. And after they saw the Jesus in Bethlehem, they could not help themselves, but told others of the birth of our Savior, and the people marveled at this report of the shepherds. And finally, in today's gospel, we hear that Mary and Joseph marveled at the things that were spoken to them. Today's gospel takes place when Jesus is 40 days old. In fact, it takes place before the Magi come to worship Jesus. We'll hear more about that next Sunday and then also the following Thursday on Epiphany. That number 40 is rather significant in the scriptures. It rained for 40 days and 40 nights in the flood. And the Israelites wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. Jonah had warned the Ninevites that in 40 days they will be overtaken if they do not repent. Jesus fasted for 40 days. Jesus ascended into heaven 40 days after his resurrection. And also in the Old Testament, after a mother gives birth, she is to undergo a ritual of purification. This legislation is recorded in Leviticus chapter 12. And when the mother gives birth to a baby boy, she is then considered unclean for 40 days. And at the end of those 40 days, she is to bring to the priest a burnt offering and a sin offering. The offering was based on wealth. So the wealthier families were supposed to bring a lamb as their offering, 
But poorer families, ones who could not part with an animal, they were to find two turtle doves or pigeons. Fulfilling the requirement of the ceremonial laws we heard in our gospel lesson this morning, the Holy Family went to the temple when Jesus was 40 days old. Joseph and Mary presented Jesus to the Lord with their offering. And as Luke suggests, they were poor, and so they offered the offering of those birds. Simeon, seeing Jesus, takes Jesus up into his arms and blesses God. And then Simeon speaks the words of the Nunc Dimittis, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people, Israel. You know those words by heart. After all, we sing them after we have celebrated the sacrament. Once, we had, once Simeon had seen his Savior, he then was ready to fall asleep in peace. He was ready to die. He was confident of his salvation. And in the same way, when we go to the Lord's altar to receive the body and blood of Christ, we too are ready to fall asleep in peace. We have seen our Savior, for we have received his body and his blood for the forgiveness of our sin. And we, knowing that we are adopted as sons of God, as Paul writes in our epistle reading, we then can be confident of our salvation. We can die in peace knowing that God will usher us into paradise. And if you think about it, by celebrating the Lord's Supper, we are also reminded of our Lord's birth. In fact, we are reminded of his birth in two ways. The first way is the one that I just illustrated. We sing the Song of Simeon, which takes place within weeks after Jesus was born. We not only begin the divine service singing the Christmas song of the angels, but we conclude the divine service as we sing the Christmas song of Simeon. And the second way is look at the, the second way that we are reminded of our Lord's birth and divine service is just look at the way in which Jesus is born. He is wrapped in swaddling clothes and laid in a manger, which is a feeding trough. And we now eat the body and drink the blood of Jesus. We feast on Christ, the lamb who was slain for our forgiveness. This action of eating in the church reminds us of the first bed in which Jesus slept when he was born. Certainly these are all things for us to marvel over. No wonder Mary and Joseph marveled at all the things that were spoken to them. No wonder Mary pondered all these things and kept them in her heart. For God fulfilled his promise. The Savior of the nations is born, born to redeem us and to fulfill the law on our behalf. So remember, the Christmas celebration is not over. And God continues to shower you with his gifts. Do you want the best Christmas present ever? You have it in the Son of God and in your baptism, and as you approach the Lord's altar to receive the body and blood of Christ, and as the word is being fulfilled in your midst as you hear the word, and as he showers you with his love and his peace, as he grants you holy joy, as he forgives you and declares to you the gospel and presents to you his life so that you can have life to the full. How can we not but marvel over Christ's 
birth, and all of these wondrous gifts which he grants to us. Thanks be to God. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen. Thank you.